And, um, you know, they're like run up where everyone's like chatting and... So shall we just show yeah. you a muffin and start recording? Yeah. What flavour are your muffins? Tasty flavour. I don't know what that is. Yes, give I don't me. know what they are. Chocolate, please. Chocolate, help yourself. Thank you. Episode five. Ooh. Welcome. Yum. Let's see what we can do with it. Applicant Chaos, a podcast for everything dog. Episode 5! Episode 5, welcome to episode 5. Today we're going to have a little chat about what our dogs have been up to. Yeah, what we've been Uh, up to. What we've been up to, we're going to cover a little bit more continuation of the puppy training, so some toilet training. Uh, Yeah, toilet training, sitting outside in the dark, getting wet. And then hopefully we're going to have a bit of a discussion at the end about something that we both disagree about. I have a feeling that this this won't go nicely. I really have. I think I think we'll fall out. Welcome. Let's get started. Yeah. Well, so here we are, and first recording of the new year. Happy Isn't New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, listeners and chaos and havocers out there. How was your New Year plans? What did you do with your dogs? Fantastic. We stayed in because um, <laughs> we've got dogs, and we had we watched TV, we had drinks, um, usual trashy New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve TV. Enjoyed it thoroughly. We had some amazing food. And then we saw New Year in Cuddle Dogs went to bed. What was your food? Uh, it was some lamb. Really nice. Oh, that does sound good. It was better than good. It was really good. I'm trying to think what lamb, I ate. I roast think potatoes, I... roast lamb. It's just oh. really nice. I think I just ate the rest of the quality streets. Yeah, I know you didn't save me any. Yeah, sorry. It's a bit crap, isn't it? Hey-ho. What um, do you feel about um, caramel barrels? They're good. Really good. No one in this house eats them. Whoa. Yeah, so Whoa. I had a couple of friends over, over the new year, and they opened the Quality Street tub, and they thought they'd struck gold. You're literally... The only ones. Yeah, because the only ones left were the caramel barrels, but I don't think anyone in this house likes the caramel. We're all about, like, the when I was, strawberry when I was, ones. Yeah, when I was young, my, my mate's parents, they used to always have a couple of tubs of chocolates at Christmas, and nobody in the house all ate the coffee ones. And I loved them. The coffee ones are disgusting. And I could literally rock up to a mate's house and his mum would hand me the tub and go, <laughs> coffee them. ones in there are yours. Like it was kind of a meal. Yeah. So what have you been doing with the dogs? Uh, cuddling them on New Year's Eve, presumably. Cuddling them on New Year's Eve. I stayed in on New Year's Eve uh, with the dogs. Uh, Roxy's not particularly great with fireworks. No. so normally Which we're going to talk about in another episode. We're going to talk about next uh, next episode, I believe, but we're going to do a bit of research first to make sure it's comprehensive. Just keep can. teasing the listeners with this noise sort of phobia thing, and then not do it. We'll do it next next time. Want to In all fairness, the reason I'm doing it today is because I'm really tired, and if I try reading stuff today, it won't work. I've been working. It's hard work. <laughs> Excuses. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So stayed in with the dogs. Had a nice quiet one. Nice. Uh, didn't watch anything on TV to bring the new year in because what I tend to do what? is no to, about ten whoa, to midnight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you know it's new year unless the TV says it's new year? Because it says on my phone. It's not the same. About ten to midnight, what I do is I put on a bit of pup or some sort of other heavy band, some sort of heavy metal concert. <laughs> So, so basically, you see New Year's Eve in listening to death metal, headbanging yeah. with your dogs, moshing. Yeah, I find that I find that metal 
uh, yeah. that drowns out the sounds of the, the fireworks outside really well. That's a good point. I'd not thought of that. You know, people say put classical music... Yeah, I always put sort of soothing music radio too on when I'm going out with the dogs. Soothing music all night yeah. to keep everything nice and zen. And death metal. But 10 to midnight, we're having a metal concert and I'm going to bounce around the living room, jump around with yeah. them, throw treats around. Everything's very exciting. You wear a mask like Slipknot? I don't need one. I'm ugly enough. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> so, uh, and we do that until about maybe five past, ten past, and then we went to bed. <laughs> nice. Well, it gets... <laughs> it says a new year in, doesn't it? It was, it was, it's the best yeah. way to see the new year in. Is, you should live stream it. Live stream my live year. Live stream it. I've got another year to plan it. Yeah, it's pretty good next year. Yeah. I can see it now. Yeah, we, we just saw it in nice and quiet, went to bed. Dogs were okay. A few fireworks by way. It wasn't that bad. We, no. We were, we were good. Um, dogs chilled out and went That's nice. woke up on New Year's morning packed up put the bomb dogs in chucked Ted in drove to London nice because we always like to drive to London on New Year's Day um, surely the roads were really quiet they were quiet actually it was busy when we got into London but uh, and then we spent next couple of days uh, looking after a, a well known football team you are you allowed to say? I don't really know probably not Probably not, probably best not. Um, but anyway, we're looking after a swanky football team in a swanky hotel in West London. There's nothing quite like running your bomb dog through a swanky hotel in West London. And people looking at you going like, you've got a dog in a hotel, what's going on? <laughs> you're mooching around with your little cocker or Labrador going, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. Nice. Yeah, um, had a good week. Uh, plenty, of, plenty of work. We're just tired because we've driven millions of miles and... Yeah, it was my yeah. turn last uh, last recording to look tired, but it's worth yeah. it's worth noting that you. It's look my turn this week. Awful. Today. I'm shattered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shattered. Yeah. You don't actually. You don't look that bad. You it, you look you, you look like you're tired. But... It's the miles that does it, because obviously with a bomb dog work, you're just driving from venue to venue, and it's it's lots of miles and sleeping in a van. Which yeah, is always, It's all right, but it's not it's not as good as sleeping in your own bed. <laughs> not that good. Well, I've been. Uh, I've not done that much because obviously it's only the fourth today. Yeah. So officially back at work yesterday, had New Year off. So my New Year's been mostly lovely long uh, dog walks mm. with my two. Been various places through the woods, by the river, all that. Uh, meeting up with friends. It's been very lovely, very calming. Um, dogs curled up fast asleep. Dogs are curled up. That's what we like. That is so nice when they sleep, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, today has been sort of. First official day properly back, and Havoc has been helping me with one-to-ones, so he's finally oh useful. Oh, my God. Yeah. I found a use for him. I found a use for That's him. That's why we gave him to you, because we were like, it's bloody useless. He How is officially a little bit thick, but... Yeah. Um, he's good luck, though, isn't he? My client this morning, uh, their problem is not with their dog being social with dogs. The dog is fine with karma dogs. It's when uh, kind of out of control or giddy dogs uh, are a bit too relentless with her and she finds that quite stressful. Which we might be talking about later. Which we might be talking about later, which is kind of one of the things that's the reason why it's been on my mind. But the reason I was able to use Havoc today is if I took Roxy along, we'd have just had a lovely hour (laughs) walking around. Roxy's just like a nice, chilled old girl. (laughs) With two dogs just ignoring each other for an hour. So I thought I'd take Havoc along because Havoc is... They're 15 months old now, aren't they? 16 yeah. months. So a uh, little bit... Adolescent. Adolescent. Love other dogs. A little yeah. bit more than I would like him to. Likes the ladies. Um, likes the ladies. Yeah. And so he was the perfect stooge. Play. 
He's not a player. <laughs> let's not let's not sexualize my puppy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's just a happy little boy. Happy little boy. He's a happy little boy. Yeah. But perfect demo for what most people experience with out-of-control naughty dogs. Yeah. When you're walking your dog, you're nervous, or your kind of older dog, through the park, and someone lets their stupid adolescent dog run over, they probably all behave very much like Havoc does. Yeah. Um, Havoc's in that age now, age range where he does do that. So uh, he was really useful. He came along. He was <laughs> perfectly <laughs> naughtily behaved. <laughs> Obviously not excellent for, for for where I want him to be, but he was useful today for that for that instance. Um, and we had a really good session. Managed to get uh, their dog, you know, a bit calmer. Cool. Put some things in place. Yeah, it was good. So uh, Havoc's finally earning his keep. Nice one. Even if he is a bit of a yeah. bit of a knob dog. That is lovely. He's pretty. <laughs> that's all that counts. He is pretty. Um, do you want to add Mission a girl? Go on. Rio the vets. New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, I already know about this, but I'm excited for you to tell this story again. Go on. So, what did you what did you do, oh 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 so, wondrous clever dog trainer? <laughs> yeah, so we we all know about substances that dogs shouldn't eat and that Christmas is a hard time. We spoke about it, fact, didn't we? We did we about it. warn everyone it's about length, not doing yeah. this exact thing that you've done. And when I let my dogs out into the garden, which involved taking them through the lounge, it was early in the morning, I was tired, probably not got my glasses on. Um and as I came back through, I noticed that a box of truffles, chocolate truffles, which were half eaten, were now nearly all eaten. <laughs> and they were on the floor, in the middle of the floor. And I thought that was odd because, generally keep, generally speaking, we don't keep truffles in the middle of the floor. <laughs> so my concern was that the dogs had got into them. To this day, I'm not really sure. So we... Uh, the culprits, it wasn't Meg, because Meg's too slow, because Meg's old. Um, so it certainly wasn't Meg. It wasn't Chaos, because Chaos had been with me the whole time, and I'd been with her trying to coax her to have a wee, so it wasn't Chaos. I don't believe it was Saren, because, just because. It definitely wasn't Ted, because Ted, before he does anything naughty, he looks at me guiltily with an expression that says, Dad, I'm about to be a bad dog. And he's a bit lame like that. So it was either Crash or Dennis. Crash would have snaffled and given half a chance, but I think she'd have been too slow. I'd have noticed what she was doing. And I didn't notice any of the dogs, to be fair. But Dennis, Dennis is fast, lightning fast. We should have called him lightning, not Dennis. <laughs> so my first worry was little sexy Dennis, as we like to call him, had snaffled the truffles. So Dennis being the smallest of the dogs, all the rest of my dogs are 24, 25 kilos plus, Crash is a bit heavier. Dennis is 14. We kind of worked out what chocolate content they were. And it was just borderline, what do we do, kind of thing. So we whizzed him down to Vex. And he had an injection and waited 30, 40 minutes. He threw up vigorously and produced absolutely no chocolate. So it wasn't Dennis? So it wasn't Dennis. No, we paid £140 just to... Just make to make your throw up. just to make your dog vomit. So I give him cuddles. It was a bit hang dog for us today, but it, the risk was now negated for Dennis. It, it was all right. We we weren't going to die, and that would have been awful. Um, so all of the dogs are absolutely fine, and there's no unusual poo, no unusual anything. Um, so all we can assume is either we'd eaten more truffles than we thought, and the dogs have maybe just knocked them off, 
Or, I don't know, we've been burgled in the night. I suspect... I felt quite bad. I suspect you both ate more truffles than you thought you'd eaten. This and, could have been and, a, and a wafting tail knocked the box over. It could easily have been a case. We just I just assumed that there'd been... Last time I'd seen it, there was half a pack left. And next time I saw it, there was one left. Naomi would rather pay 140 quid to, to have Dennis yeah, vomit well, maybe that was than it. admit that she'd eaten all the rest of the truffles. <laughs> That's where the chocolates go. It's not the dogs, it's my wife. <laughs> no. So... <laughs> It's not my dogs, it's my wife. So yeah, <laughs> That's so the name of this one. <laughs> it's not my dogs, it's my wife. We'll make a note of that. <laughs> it's not my dogs, it's my wife. <laughs> so yeah, admission of guilt. Oh dear me. <laughs> um, yeah, we took. At least they're all best. healthy. They're all right, and it's it demonstrated to me as well how easy it is because the the place where the dog was, I'd have noticed it if the dogs had been there. You know, we came in the living room later and, and the, the box was on the floor. I was like, bloody hell, how, how was that got there? And then noticed it was pretty much empty. And it just demonstrated just how easy it is. You know, hands up, crap no owner. We've got chocolates lying about the house. Well, that's exactly what we said in the previous episode. Christmas arrives. There's chocolates, there's mince pies, there's cake. There's food everywhere. Yeah. And in a normal house. And I've got a normal house. I've got normal kids. I've got normal friends. I've got normal relatives that come around. It's not a kennel's. And as such, you know, we slipped up. Admission of guilt, slipped up. So Cost me dearly, and Dennis had a pretty rough day, so he had lots of cuddles on looking after, um, and he's been absolutely fine. There's been no no outcome from it, fortunately. So this something similar has happened to me before. Yeah. Not recently, because it was so upsetting when it happened before, but about six, five or six years ago, uh, Roxy ate 12 mince pies. <laughs> 12. Um, so, obviously, like you just said, normal household. We hadn't had a dog in the house before. Um, weren't quite on top of how massive she was. So, obviously, she can counter-surf quite easily. And mm. We're all fully aware of yeah, that. Yeah, she's a big old girl, can't she? She's got some she's reach. A, yeah, she's a big girl. So, um, people coming in. People bringing mince pies around, leave them on the side, yeah. and uh, she ate 12 of them. So two full boxes of well mince played. pies. So obviously mince pies are quite, quite dangerous. Probably quite a lot more dangerous than chocolate. I don't mm. know, I don't know. It's risk of kidney failure, isn't it? It's the risk versus... of kidney failure with the raisins, yeah. uh, the currants that are in them. So um, so I rushed her to the vet, had her induced vomiting, she threw it all up, she was absolutely fine. Well, not at the time, but she was yeah. fine afterwards. But now I am like a vigilante with it yeah um with you, the mince pies that, that scare happens you become hyper vigilant for a little while don't you specifically it's, with mince pies i mean she obviously she ate the cheese off the cheese board yeah um but the mince pie thing i'm i'm kind of a it's a worry obsessive okay. with yeah. yeah uh just because of the current content but yeah i mean it happens you mm-hmm. can be as careful as you, you can be as careful as you want to be um, and just it takes a split second, you turn around and it's gone. Yeah, I mean we got we got chocolates and uh, got some shortbread and stuff in the living room that we'd unwrapped on Christmas morning, and uh, they were sort of put to one side. And I knew where they were, so when the dogs come through, you can. It's kind of like oh, the stuff's over there. Oh, you out the door, gonna have we? You know. Yeah. And then came back in and literally like, who the hell got to that? And like I say, it narrowed it down to two dogs because. But really, one dog because one dog's agile enough to be, he's like lightning, he's just in and out. Like. Listen, it wasn't the dogs. Uh, no, it was, <laughs> well, I did ask my son, I did say, Look, just tell me honestly if you've eaten all the truffles. And he went, No. And he had that 
earnest look on his face. I don't think it was him. I'll go and quiz my wife on again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, that was a... So, a, Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. New Year. Happy New Year. Fun trip out. 140 quid. All Thanks the to the healthy. vets. Well played vets because you, you looked after us, so we can't grumble too much. Um, yeah. It's all good. Uh, and beyond that, um, chaos is in season. So Fun? No. No, not fun at all. So, my house is in um, chaos. Yeah. Perfect name. Yeah. I just for the um for the yeah, the listeners, I do have two intact males in the house. Sexy Ernest and uh, the hairy Lothario Ted. <laughs> <laughs> that was his nickname after first I got came into season because he really did. How are you really how best. are you managing that at the moment? Uh, crates. That's why I love crate training, Sam. Crates, fantastic things. Um so basically they rotate between crates so they all have time out and they have a little play and they go out for a walk and blah 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 and they share and go back into crates can't dogs tie through crates probably possibly potentially i don't know i hope not might never have mine ted broke the dog out of the crate and got her out going to elope um i very much doubt where they are because one crate is buttered up to another crate, which is empty. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, last time they were in season, I also put a dog uh, puppy pen around the crate. Them. So unless he's really well endowed, I don't think he'd have, <laughs> he'd have managed that. What are we talking about? It's... I mean, so yeah, I think have fun with it's that. fairly safe. Um, in just case of managing a situation. I would probably put Dennis out in the kennel when I'm in this week. Yeah. Um, they've been away for a few days with me working. Well, they so go away working, don't they, a lot? So it's That not gets them away. The and that means if they're away, then chaos can be outside. Yeah. I've been fun times rather than rotating between crates. So it's all, it's all good. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's about it, isn't she, really? Nice Anything little, else exciting? Nice little update. No, not for me. No, no new dog kit or? Nothing, no. It's no. just been quite a quiet couple of weeks. Happy days. Right. My dogs are perfect. We'll um, we'll put an end to that. We'll get hiccups. We'll put an end to that, and we'll uh, we'll venture into part two. Part two, toilet training. Yeah. Toilet training. Toilet training. Toilet training with puppies. Talk to me about toilet Everyone's training. Everyone's favourite time. It's the worst. Yeah, I struggle with it sometimes. I think most people do. Um, so toilet training with puppies. I think that calls for the most patience in the whole world. I think it's not necessarily patience. It's you need to have a sense of humour. Oh yeah. About it, and I think you know, getting calls about like I'm not sure what to do. My uh, eleven-week-old puppy still isn't toilet trained. I think also maybe get a bit realistic. Yeah, be real. Be real with your dog's behaviour. You know. I so wanted to reply to somebody on Facebook today with that. Just with that age? No, we're not. But not even my puppy training. Just be realistic about what you're expecting from your dog. Yeah. Because they got a, a spaniel-related dog, and they want to do stuff with it. And, and if it, it's not, if dog's not got it, it's not got it. Yeah. Anyway, back to toilet training. Um. Yeah, I think firstly you've got to be, you've got to be able to re- apply that that training that process, boringly, repetitively. For what seems like forever. And it's until your dog's got there. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah, it's not, you know, three weeks of training and then they should no. have it by now. It's as long as it, it You've takes got to as It's as like it a takes. human baby, you know, they wear nappies for donkeys and it takes them a while to get toilet trained. And your dog's the same. It's going to take better part of that first year. Some dog, you always meet that person who goes, oh, my dog was toilet trained by our 18 weeks. Oh, like, yeah, you bastard. Some people say that the dogs were toilet trained before they got them. And I think, wow, yeah, you lucky, well, you lucky duck. Lucky or lying bugger. Yeah. Or lying, or lying. Yeah. Um, or they so, don't notice the wee in the carpet. Yeah, they just like rub it, hoover foot it away and uh, yeah, ignore it. So so my, what is what is toilet training? For me, I'll tell you what my process is for toilet training. Um, it's, it usually involves a dressing gown at night time, but it's basically getting our dog in a routine where... After every playtime, after every mealtime, after they've been out for a little run round, out the crate or out the little pen or whatever they're in, you take them outside on a lead to a boring garden and you stand patiently like a tree until eventually there's some output. And then you give them mild praise, not too exciting because you don't want it to be going, woohoo, trees and toys. It needs to be good dog, yeah, good dog. And then you come back in and you tuck them into bed and they have a little nap. Yeah. The Easy. problem, I think, lies. Easy as that. I once had a client, and she said, I'll let her dog out at night. And they live right near your Derbyshire, right? And she said, I'll let the dog out at night. And he runs around the garden place. And then he comes in, and he pees in my, in my dining room. He went out to the garden, and I counted, I think it was like 57 kids' toys out in the garden. Right? <laughs> you did not count 57. Yeah, seriously, I did. Because <laughs> I stood in front of her going like, one, two, three, four, five, like, trying to drum it into her. And there's like 57 or 67 kids' toys out in the garden. And literally, Derbyshire spread out before us. So God knows how many foxes, owls, weasels, ferrets, wolves, bears, God knows what came across that garden at night. Yeah. So she basically took her little dog out at night off lead. Because when I said, where's the dog's lead? She went, ooh, I don't know. I think there's one in the car. Ooh. What the heck? So the dog went out. I went, it's like a bloody wonderland out here. And it tracked and it played and it smelled where last night's hedgehogs were and it smelled where the foxes had a pee in the corner of the garden and it ran round and it played with all the toys. Then it went, whew, I'm fair worn out. And it went back in, relaxed in the dining room, had a pee and went to sleep. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> if you wanted to pee in your dining room. Perfect day. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think the, the most important thing in it is basically get our puppy outside into a boring, boring, boring space on lead always on lead because then they can't go and track around the hedgerows smell where the hedgehog crawled across the garden last night or where something a cat came and had a poo in the corner or whatever all that they can't get to just make it boring and then keep that up all night all day all night all day repetitively until they get it uh that's, that's it for me yeah, I I agree to a point. I mean, the lead thing, I'm going to dispute. Oh, how dare you? I know. I, I think if you can take your dog out on the lead and keep it boring so they go to the toilet, great. Uh, I didn't toilet train on a lead, um, but I think my garden's boring enough. And also, my rule wasn't that it was on a lead and then when they come back in they pee it was we stand outside until you've done something yeah. and then they get the praise and we get to go back in mm. so the i think it's not i'm always careful of saying one rule for everything if i put some puppies on a lead 
and take them outside, they'll spend 15 minutes wrestling with the leaves. That's not conducive to toileting. No. No, so if I take my dog out on a lead and they're hell bent on ragging on the lead, then I'm going to take. But that... then that's become a game now. That's so become a that's, game now. Yeah. So I'm going to take that lead off and I'm just going to stand and be dull. Yeah. Um, and just stand still. I'm going to keep the door shut so they get no option yeah. and they can potter around and sniff and decide where they want to go when they've gone. Good boy, good girl, and then we go back inside. Um, I also think that one of the mistakes one of the mistakes that people make toilet training is the moment your dog starts to pee or starts to poo we start throwing them a yeah. party and you're interrupting yeah. them yes <clears throat> so yeah chaos is pretty bad like that yeah good girls you oh am i oh i finished and, and then she well she's not really finished she runs towards you weird Oh yeah, moving while we. Yeah. So I did this with. So I actually did this with Havoc. So Havoc, my brother describes him like a spider. So when Havoc wants to have a poo, he'll get into the position, and then as soon as if you accidentally make eye contact with him, he'll then spider crawl while in the poo <laughs> position, like, like direct eye contact, going, "Oh, I'm about to get a reward." So yeah. he's like, so coming towards you, watching us. He's me. coming towards you, but he's pooing in a line. It's yeah. very annoying. If I if I'm out on a walk with him and he starts to have a poo and I ignore him, he'll poo in one spot. It's wonderful, but if he catches your eye, he'll start doing the creepy spider yeah. poo position walk, which is better than walking backwards into it. He doesn't walk into it, but he does spider yeah. crawl towards me. It's horrible. But um, yeah, don't don't interrupt them. Wait yeah. till they're done, and then they sort of move away, just slightly. Good boy, well done, good girl. Whatever you wanna. I don't want to shout that too loud because they're both sleeping. They um, were. Yeah, don't interrupt them. But also, I dispute the lead, the necessity for the lead. I agree yeah. in your particular scenario. I, I like to kids' toys. Are, kids' toys yeah. everywhere, and and lots of things to smell. If you've got an enormous garden, um, if you've got multiple dogs running around, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Multiple I mean, dogs playing we've got in the garden. Dogs, so if you take a puppy out, they're like, are we there? And, yeah, yeah. What was that? And they're, they're all, I agree all inquisitive and start hunting and, and scooting around. You know, the only problem we have with the pups. So you know house, so our house has got two French doors on the front that yeah. happens a patio. And so when they started getting a bit more toilet training of age, when they were little babies, yeah. um, we used to let them outside. Seemed like a good idea. Yeah. And for both our pups, well, especially Chaos. Sarah, not so much because she's a little bit smarter than Chaos. Chaos, a little bit, you know. And they still looked at it and went, well, that's where we pee. We pee out there. They took them to the, the garden at the other end of the house. They went, go on, out you go. And they went, no, no, that's not where we pee. We pee on the front out there. We've been peeing out the front since we were like three, four weeks old. And, and it Whoops. took age. It's still at the preferred place to go. If, yeah. If they get the opportunity to like, oh, thank God, you've let out to proper place, not that other place where the other dogs tittle. In proper place, yeah. Do you know, so one of the, one of the, maybe not the most common, a very, very common inquiry I get from puppy owners is, their their pups are toilet trained and it's perfect and they don't go in the house anymore but they will not go on walks yeah uh, it's a really really common problem so i'm gonna uh i'm going to talk about how to fix that because that is you've just reminded me of it but the really common problem is from a very early age we teach them that their bathroom or their toilet is the garden yeah and so what can happen for some dogs is the association that they make for going to the toilet is not outdoors it's this particular that space. That place, that spot in the garden. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, Which is kind of what they do with guide dogs. 
Yeah. Guide dogs are trained to peer to a concrete bits. patch, um, and that's where they go. So when they're on a walk, obviously, if you can't see, you can't be poo-bagging a poo-up. Um, so they go in a specific place. Mm. That's clever. I didn't know that. Mm, they have a the patch put down at the owner's house, apparently. Oh, wow. And the dogs are trained to Do you know, them. that has answered that age-old question. What do, what do, yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Um, so. Although I have a story about that because I've sat once in, on. in a village near me. I was doing some training when the pups were little and doing some socialisation and a guide dog with two <clears throat> dear old ladies walked past one, presumably. I was vision impaired. Yeah. And my puppy went, oh, yeah, I want a fuss. And their guide dog got really sidetracked and took a dump on the pavement. Oh, no. And I felt really bad because I felt it was that bit like our fault. I think it was your fault. Yeah. Isn't that the number one rule? Well, don't interact with guide don't dogs. Don't interact with guide Yeah, pretty dogs. much. I didn't interact. My puppy just wanted to play and I mean, they didn't play. But... Oh, this is giving me so much ammo for the third part. <laughs> That's exactly why. No. I'm... I'm I'm gonna be angry on the behalf of all guide all dog guy, owners all guide dogs, now. I'm, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Don't do um, that. But yeah, I think the biggest take home for puppy training, uh, toilet training, is patience. Yeah. And repetition. So just to finish what I was saying. Yeah. Sorry. So when your dog thinks that their bathroom is the garden and not just outside, yeah. uh, one of the major issues is that they haven't made the association that they can go anywhere so the best way to fix that is in the morning when you know that your pup's going to be desperate to go so they need to wee or they need to poo because it's bright and early in the morning you've just woken up is rather than the same routine where you get up you open the back door you stick the kettle on you wait for your dog to go pee and then you come in and then you go for a walk really easy is come downstairs and the first thing you do is they are banned from the garden coat on change your slippers for shoes coat on, shoes on, lead on, straight round the block. Even if it's just for two minutes, straight out the front door, let them pee or poo, or both, out on the normal walk. And then you can come home and have your normal daily routine. You don't need, it's painful. It's painful at the beginning, but you don't need to maintain that for very long. Maybe a couple of days, maybe a week of that. And eventually your dog's going to work out that they can also go to the bathroom out of the other side of the house not just the garden once you're happy that you've got to that point you can let them go pee and poo in the garden again if you want if you want to ban them from toileting in the garden forever uh some people do because they have children yeah uh, that's the issue if you've that's got kids fine, yeah. Them, you? yeah if you, you can you can try and change that association if you like but be mindful that the associations you think your dog's making with toilet training is not necessarily outdoors it might be location based yeah. like you said the other week pavlov always on your shoulder oh yeah always overlooking what you're doing and you're thinking you train your dog to go outside and you're not you train your dog to go there yeah that one spot on that note puppy pads what do you think about puppy pads so should you teach your dog to piss indoors i would argue no no i hate puppy pads i find the majority of puppies I think they're a good marketing. They've got some good marketing behind them. Yeah. But they're they're good for uh, nothing. Uh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> they're good for maybe going <clears throat> underneath blankets and things if you know your dog might have an accident yeah. on the off chance. But they shouldn't be for teaching your dog to go to the toilet on. We use puppy pads with the pups when we got pups. Yeah. Um, just for hygiene's sake. Yeah. We got puppy pads. I've never bought puppy puppy pads before. I've seen how expensive they are. Yeah, they are, yeah. Fortune. Never used them before. I did try. I thought, well, you know, all the, the sort of literature sort of says, you know, move them towards the door. And basically, we told the dog to pee on a doormat. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you teach your dog to I wouldn't, pee I wouldn't use them as a puppy training device. I think to put, like you say, under a blanket in a crate, because they really absorb like a nappy. They're so weird. Essentially, they are they are a, a, a big nappy, yeah. but they're not to help with toilet training. They're, help, they're there to help clean up the mess yeah. should you have an accident, but they're not there to help your toilet training. I certainly wouldn't recommend them like people no. do say they use them. You should try and get your puppy, your very new puppy, out around about once an hour maybe once every two hours, get them outside, stand still with them, wait for them, wait for them to go, come back in, then carry on your day, let them go for a nap or play with them or whatever you're doing. But try not to teach them to go on puppy pads. By all means, use them and have them around for the occasional accident. That's fine, but you shouldn't be rewarding your dog for going on a pad. You should just ignore it and clean it up as normal. It's just there to stop your carpet getting marked. I find that a lot of dogs, where owners have tried to use puppy pads, not only are they a bit of a waste of time, a lot of puppies just rip them up. Yeah, they, they just and then shred them. Just covered in wee and yeah, they and, just shred them. They're yeah. just fun paper things to shred. Not a fan at all. Not a fan. Um, Tell what they are good for when you've got loads left after you had puppies. Put them in the litter tray in the cat litter box. Yeah, that's a good really use for them. They? Yeah. They're just absorbent pads, aren't they? Yeah. But yeah, not not good for puppy pads. And it's for the same reason why some puppies struggle to associate peeing with walks instead of the garden, is that it's the location that they've learned, not yeah. necessarily the fact that they're just outside of the house. Yeah. So you get some pups that will think that peeing is okay in the kitchen, not that it's okay only on a pad. Yeah. So when the pad disappears, your puppy continues to pee in the kitchen yeah. because the pad's now gone, but the location is the same. Uh, and that can be a major issue for people. Something else. I, you know, I wasn't planning on saying this much about Bra- toilet training. Brainwaves. You're awake this week, aren't I'm you? I'm awake Last this week. week. I'm oh, awake. good grief. This week, you're on fire. Go well, on. I'm going to talk from my own experience. Toilet training, Javi. Javi took a little bit longer to toilet train than I was expecting. And I think you had a similar problem with Chaos and Seren. Seren's solid now. Chaos can still be a little bit flighty when I wheeze. She's a bit, she's like submissive urination though, isn't yeah. she? So she's nervous weeing. So that's kind yeah. of different. Overexcitement, nervous, mm. anything. Absolutely. And she's like, oh, it's all leaked out. So I, when I did eventually fully toilet train Havoc, or thought he was fully toilet trained, excellent. Havoc doesn't go in the house anymore. He always goes in the garden or out on walks. We've nailed it. Didn't uh, consider the association being not in the house, anywhere else is fine. Oh. So that means that indoors, yeah, absolutely, indoors, but in a new house, he still wasn't sure. And so he managed to pee on uh, a friend's futon, uh, my mum's sofa, uh, it was yeah. only those two, and then after those two, I was a little bit more careful uh, about watching him. Oh, and, a, and another friend's kitchen floor. But that was back when he wasn't toilet trained yet, so well, I don't count that. effectively generalisation. Yeah. In a, in a future episode, we'll talk more about training, because we're going to do a whole series of training, how to train, what to look out for, all that kind of stuff. But generalisation, he's getting the dog to perform that behaviour or to accept normality in a variety of situations. Yes. So, for example, my dogs have to be able to work in arenas, in stadiums, in railway stations, in car parks, in blah, 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 all those places where my dogs need to work. Your dog's going to be generalised that every indoors is not a peer place. Yeah. Every indoors, whether it's your two up, two down semi, mm. whether it's your parents' sprawling mansion, whether it's the local 
community centre where you go because there's a bring and buy sale on and they've allowed dogs in. They've got to understand that actually generalise it across all those areas. Go outside, yeah. that's cool. If you can see the sky, you can have a pee. If you can't see the sky, don't bother. Which is a great reason to take your dog lots and lots of new places. Yeah, yeah. But when you are new places, maintain the old toilet training routine, yeah. which is out of the door at once an hour, stand around on a lead if you need them on a lead. If it's a garden that's not secure, if you're not sure where you are, uh, let them go to the toilet, praise, then go back inside again and just watch them a bit more like a hawk when they're quite young. This was around about six, seven months old. So the toilet training for Havoc, at least, was there. Yeah, so he's just getting it. He's just going, I know it. I know this yeah. is good. Don't worry, Mum. Well, I don't know it here. But he didn't know it in, yeah. in those particular scenarios, which was uh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah, so that's toilet training. In a nutshell. I think we've covered probably most aspects of that. Yeah. Locations, puppy pads, generalisation. So we've not spoken about. Go on. You see those little things you stick in the grass to make your dog pee? What oh, things? Hormone-scented mushrooms. What are they? You've seen them. You know no. You have them in pet shops. They're supposed to have some kind of hormone in them, that's, that's some um, pheromone in them that makes the dog pee. Really? And you stick them in your lawn and the dog goes, oh, we on that. And they, yeah, I've never used one. Um, sounds like witchcraft to me. Do you think they, well, they must work? I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I have heard of is dog rocks. Yes. Apparently, you can put these weird rocks into your dog's water, for female dogs particularly, because female dogs' urine is slightly more acidic mm. than male dogs. And so if you've got female dogs, it tends to burn holes in your grass. Yes, it leaves rings, doesn't it? It like, leaves like rings in the lamps. grass. So apparently, if you get these dog rocks, it's supposed to neutralise the urine a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know if they work. No, I've heard of them. I've heard the, the, the phrase banded about. I've yeah. never looked into it. And one last thing. Last thing on toilet training. Yeah. Adult rescue dogs that have no toilet training exactly the same how do you tackle that exactly the same once an hour after excitement after eating after play yeah i would say because the dogs up you know when your dog eats you know when your dog has a poop fair play if it's a male dog they might mark so you might need to set a bit of a timer and go i'm going to take you out every n number of minutes 60 minutes 90 minutes but we all know when they poop we all know when they pee they start to so, sniff a yeah, lot they sniff around Come on, mate, outside. Chop, chop. Now we good dog back inside. But exactly the same, yeah. Especially if you get one of these sort of Romanian rescues that have been dragged off the street somewhere having a good time in Romania and dragged across to UK and sold to 500 quid as an adoption fee. But I'm not going to get into that today because I really rant about that. But yeah, if, if you've got any street dogs, they've never been toilet trained. So they come into your house and go, oh my God, it's got a roof. What the hell? And same process. Patience, lots of it. I think depending on how bad your new rescue is, depending on how anxious your new rescue is, is it might be an idea to set up a room where there is a corner of the room where they can go to the toilet. I do. I have had a couple of clients yeah. who are who are who are that who are that scared of life that they're unable to go into the into the garden to toilet yet. So in that situation, they oh, just... if they're scared to go outside or fearful to go outside, you've got a problem in your hands, haven't you? Well, you know, if, if you, that dog lands in your lap and you open the patio doors, off you pop. If I don't outside for the dog goes, oh, I don't think so. I then think some of, these, real... some of these dogs are flight risks. At that point, I, I would say just get a trainer involved. Get Straight trainer away. Involved. Get somebody to look at your dog, get somebody to stand back and look at your dog. Well, that's that's hard. That's that's tough. That's it's tough a situation. very specific scenario yeah. as well that I'm thinking of. But yeah, in very general, tough. toilet training. So did you know Roxy wasn't 
fully toilet trained. Was she not? No. No, I didn't. She'd lived in kennels for six months before I adopted her, and and I also worked there. Yes, yeah, worked at the rescue where she she came from, didn't you? She was one of the most disgusting creatures. <laughs> Roxanne, how don't, good don't wake her up. <laughs> She's sleeping. Oh, when like sleeping dogs lie, people. When uh, so in general, I think we had I can't remember exactly how many kennels. Maybe there's fourteen to sixteen kennels on the block. Yeah, where I, in the rescue center where I worked, and probably of the twelve dogs that we had in over that six month period, Roxy was probably up there as one of the most disgusting. She would poo and pee in her kennel overnight, every night. She would stand in it. She would jump in it. She would jump up the wall. She would cover the walls in her own feces. She was disgusting. And you thought, I need to bring that but, precious, fragile little angel of a dog. Well, she wasn't doing it. She wasn't doing it because she was just horrible. Yeah, she was very, very stressed. She was stressed for such a long time. Uh, so when I brought her home, it was reasonable to assume that she wouldn't understand how to go to the toilet and yeah. not in her own bed and not in where she laid it was reasonable to assume and lo and behold you know I, it was more based on stress so she was toilet trained as it happened she was toilet trained fine as long as she was in company but one time i was in the living room with her and i just nipped to the kitchen to get a drink and the door shut behind me and i must have been gone the length it takes to put some water in a pint glass and i went back into the room and she both peed and pooed in that time because she was so panicked yeah. that she'd been left alone so that was uh, that was more of an anxious toileting yeah. problem but yeah she was uh, she was a real scruffy bitch <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a last little anecdotal story when i did my degree yeah um we used to go and stay at a little b and b it was quite a big b and b mm. up near uh, beverly and one of the girls i think she was in the raf police and she rocked up with this big german shepherd Big sort of Eastern European lion German Shepherd, solid dog, lovely. Yeah. Very big. And this B&B had a sort of lounge where we used to collect in the evening. We weren't supposed to take dogs in, but we did. Anyway, we were all sat around, this big-ass German Shepherd's mooching around and just chilling out. We eventually flops down, goes to sleep. Anyway, I think probably a couple of days of this. And she pipes up one day and says, you know, he's doing really well. He's never been in a house before. <gasps> <laughs> and this dog, from being a puppy, it lived in kennels. It was a military working dog, and, uh, and she yeah, just so, and she just and she just brought him in. It's much we hadn't been bitten. He was not peeing us all, and God knows what else. But yeah, so this dog just the, talk about a cool dog. You know, he gone from our living kennels and a bite people for fun to actually <laughs> lounges are quite cool, aren't they? Feel how plush his carpet is. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure Having if I'd be time. really angry or. Yeah, was it that mixed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for her. Yeah, <laughs> dog would just chill. Loved it. That'd so yeah, time. I think we've covered everything. I think we've covered everything. Happy days. If you can think of a toilet training question we haven't covered, please yeah. send us a message or an email. Yeah. And we'll cover it next. We're going to do a Q and A session soon. Coming up soon, but yeah. we've not got many cues. We've got loads of A's, but not many cues. Um, Havoc and chaos on. Uh, on Facebook, look us up and drop some questions if you're interested. We've got a few already. So, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, and this is something I want to debate with you, <laughs> it's a big, long-winded question. Do you let your dog 
your dogs greet unknown dogs when you're out on walks? First of all, should you? Secondly, if you should, when should you? And when shouldn't you? I think guide dogs is when shouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, and then lastly, just to stick the knife in for everybody, should you walk your aggressive or reactive dog in public spaces uh, with the expectation that everyone else has their dog under control or should you avoid those places? I feel like you've just set me up to be pilloried. Well... Absolutely feel set up. Right, firstly... I try whenever possible, if someone has a dog on lead, to maintain control of my dogs. Wherever and, possible? And I, well, with a proviso, give me a chance. So, if I am on a walk through the woods, I mean, the other week, prime example, myself and Rob were in Wales, and we got, oh, God knows, um, five dogs, because we got Rob's dog as well. So we got five dogs all off lead. All the dogs got good recall, all right? And they were all off lead having a good time because they're all good dogs, so they deserve to be off lead. There's there's no dog reactivity, there's no nothing, all right? Now, we met a couple with a dog coming the other way. Now, I saw them leash their dog up, a big old golden retriever, and they kind of scurried and got him under control and clipped him up. And I shouted up to them, if you want to leave him off lead, these guys are all friendly. And they went, oh, thank God. And they unclipped him and they played like absolute champs. Big eight-month-old golden retriever was massive. Big as a cow. It's huge. Um, and they all had a good old play and then he wouldn't go back to them. He wanted to come with us because we were more fun. But I saw him clip him up and I thought, maybe he's reactive. I'll give him a shout. I wanted him like, well, my dogs are friendly. It's okay. I didn't give him that. But I, I sort of gave him the option, went, look, mate, you know, we, we're in shouting distance. I'll call my dogs back and we'll try to get them all leased up and under control. But if, if your dog's only clipped up because he's a bit, of a bit of a dick, you know, feel free, let him unclip him. And they unclipped him and he was a bit of a dick and had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely, actually, because he saw a dog go, I can play with them. Oh, my God. And he just gambled about and had a lovely time. Now, what I'd normally do is, in a situation like that, I'd, I'd see that dog being clipped up. I'd call my dogs back. Um, if I've got a lead handy, well, I've always got a lead handy, but if I felt necessary, I'd clip them up or I'd just put them in a downstay um, and I'd stand looking daggers at them. Don't, don't show me up, guys, until that dog had passed. You'd try and show off with a downstay, would you? God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, always. Unless it was a pups, in which case I'd clip the pups back up. Yeah. Because um, I know that their stay is not particularly good because you're not really working that much. But my other dogs, yeah, they're cool. Um, Crash will pay attention to me, Ted will pay attention to me, even Dennis will pay attention to me. So at that point then, I'd let that person go past. This is where my proviso comes in. My dogs will range, I know, well out of sight. And if they meet someone else with a dog that's on lead, I can't always see. Should you let them go that far then? In my woods, in the woods up near where, where I live, that's probably only 20 yards. Because there's bushes, there's holly, there's trees, there's things they can sneak behind. So if you're in thicker woodland, unless your dog's a real homeboy, I mean, Dennis, not so much, because Dennis just hangs about with me. But Ted, Ted's a search and rescue dog. Ted'll, Ted'll search a quarter mile. Do you so think this I is where know that my dog will range out a fair distance, and he might meet somebody who's got a dog on lead. But so, then would he approach? Possibly. Depends how interesting that dog looks. But this is where we're bringing my third proviso. I've also been that person with that dog, that reactive dog on a leash. 
And I think, as that person, like Dublin Leach, I've got to accept, not expect, I've got to accept that sometimes my dog's going to come across a surprise and that's my job to deal with it. It's not everybody else's job to make your life easier because your dog's a dickhead. So if your dog's going to miss... That is controversial. If your dog is going to struggle to behave, right, you're doing all the right things. You've got them on lead. You've perhaps muzzled them, whatever. You've got to expect that at some point a dog might appear on a dog's face because all the other people out there with good dogs... Dogs, dogs, good dogs. Dogs, I'm gonna... dogs that you consider don't have a problem, even with a fantastic recall, fantastic training, might bump into them because they come around a, a shrub in a, a woodland. They come around a corner or over a brow. I'm not going to call my dog like every hill brow I come to, every bush I come to, just in case somebody's hiding the other side with a frantic dog on, on a leash. It, I think it's unrealistic to expect that to happen. Sorry, people. Interesting. Hang me now. Personally. But, as I've said, when I see that person, I will call my dogs back because my dogs have got good recall. If my dog's got crap recall, my dog's on a long line. I won't let my dogs out. I mean, I've been out and seen herds of deer walk past. Guys, come here. Dogs come back. I know my recall's good. And is it perfect? Of course not. Because there's always going to be something, potentially, that could mess it up. You know, I, I, I can't say they wouldn't ever chase anything because I've not come across everything. But I do know... It's pretty solid. And because of that, I think, well, you deserve to be off lead. I don't want my dogs to be on lead forever. And if I see somebody who's got a dog off lead, if my dog, I, I pop through some shrubs or some bushes in the woodland, and I see somebody and my dogs run up to them, and they go, oh, my dog's reactive, or got a yellow tag on the lead or whatever, I call my dogs back. And then I'll say, you know, brilliant, I'll keep my dogs quiet while you pass or you know, lead them up or whatever, we'll have a chat. But I find the, the people that get angry because the dog appeared in their dog's face, they're being unrealistic. I end my case. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be in trouble now. All I'm my not, reactive gonna, dog people are going to be kicking off on Facebook. I'm not going to get angry about that. Some of that was reasonable. <laughs> Personally, you've seen this when we've walked together. So when we go walking together, if a person appears with a dog on or off lead, I'll put mine back on a lead. Yeah. On or off. Yeah. Because I'm also of the opinion that if your dog is off the lead, it doesn't mean it's an open invitation mm. to have dogs charge over. Yeah. I think that's incredibly rude. And I think there's a bit of a uh, an underlying feeling that if you're out on a walk and you see a dog off lead, it's fine to leave yours off. I think that's true if both dogs will pass relative with relatively little uh, interest. I know that Havoc particularly whether the dog's on or off lead, if he's given half a chance, he'll run over and he'll try and initiate play. And a lot of off lead dogs are a little older. They don't really want that. So I will always, you've seen this, I've been with you when I've done yeah, it. Yeah. I always put him back on a lead. And if I was on my own, I would then say, are they okay to greet? But I will ask first while he's under control, while he's on a lead. With Roxy, different. I tend to leave her loose. She generally will completely ignore another dog. She's a bit like Dennis, though. She's a bit of a home girl, isn't she? She's she a just home wanders girl, around yeah. with you and, and focuses mainly on you. Occasionally, she'll go and greet the other dog, which isn't always perfect. Uh, she'll go. She'll wander over. If I leave her off the lead, sometimes she'll be like, oh, I might go say hello. I can generally call her away after that, but she'll have a little sniff. And if the dog then uh, shows some sort of displeasure... So doesn't want her to come close. She will straight away disengage. 
and come back to me. She's not relentless with it. She's not like, I don't care that that dog's growling at me, I'm going to keep going, uh, which is what a lot of off-lead dogs might do. So I tend to leave her off unless unless the other dog is off is on lead and then I'll just put her on just out of respect. So if the other dog's off lead, I'll leave her off. I think that they'll pass absolutely fine. If the other dog's on lead and I think she'll pass with no issues, I'll still probably pop her on. Right. Just so what do you mean thick forest? You're walking through a proper good old English forest. Yep. Full of bushes and trees and you can't I'll leave them off. So what if they come around a corner and they've bumped into a If we're dog? going round a corner, my Round a bush. My strategy is I grab a couple of treats, I toss them behind me for both dogs to go sniff. So I round the corner first, and then if I see anyone, I'll pop them back on the lead. And if I don't see anyone, then it's fine. Well, there's still potential for them to meet. There's still potential, but I'm a little bit more careful than letting them roam 500 So how do you feel then about the, I've got a yellow tag on my lead, my dog wears a yellow bandana. Yep. When they bump into it, and it's... Giving me all that, and if, that person if, immediately classifies you as an irresponsible dog owner because your off lead dog ran up to my dog, and I've got yellow tags on everything. And I, think do not I think you're branding. Oh I think you're. I think you're at risk of branding people with the yellow tags, and the yellow harnesses, and the muzzles, and the and the frustration all under the same brush. And that's not the case. And I work with a lot of these people. Such a political answer. It's not a political answer, it's real. And no, I, I understand that. No, no. And I've also been, because I also take dogs out on training walks, so I also do walk some aggressive dogs or some potentially nervous aggressive dogs. So I am also the person with that dog who comes across them in the in the woods, specifically the woods. I if If I'm the perpetrator, if my dogs are off the lead and I'm the perpetrator, and, you know, accidents happen... Uh, you've also been with me when Havoc has run over to another dog. Yeah. That was annoying. Uh, my reaction is to go and get him under control as quickly as possible and apologise. If I'm the victim, so I'm walking a, a reactive or an aggressive dog and a dog runs up into our face and there's a little bit of an altercation and we manage to stop that from going wrong, we, you know, I call ahead, blah, blah, blah. People are trying to stop that from going wrong and they apologise. I have absolutely no uh, frustration or concern. I Accidents happen. Don't worry about it. It was stressful at the time. What about people, people with a really don't friendly apologize. Labrador? Then no. he goes, it's okay. He's friendly. Those people can go to hell. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, not, it's not that they're... I'm going to call them ignorant at best. Mm. It's willful ignorance at this point because your dog hasn't reached that age doing that, that I'm the first person that you've come across. Yeah. It's, it's willful ignorance at this stage and it's the, it's the entitlement and it's the, 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 st the stance of... You used, the word early, you used a word earlier that I wanted to pick you up on <laughs> and I'm going to say Go it now. On. You said the word, my dogs deserve to be off lead. Yeah, my dogs are so cool. So if I... Cool. If, if you say the word dessert, this is what I don't like. So if I am with, uh, if I've just recently rescued or my dog has issues or they've had a problem or maybe my dog's just had surgery or whatever's happening and I don't want a dog coming to say hello to my dog and someone feels that their dog is deserving of having that freedom, essentially what that person is saying to me who can't enjoy that space now is that you don't deserve that. I deserve to let my dog off. You're tiring me with the wrong brush there. I'm not tiring you with the wrong brush. You see, I, I feel like my dogs deserve to have freedom. Yeah, okay. My dogs are fairly... Not to the detriment of others. No. My dogs are fairly social. Yep. They're quite happy characters. 
They do like to run, they like to hunt, they like to search for balls and stuff that I've hidden through. Lovely. And I feel that they deserve to have that time off lead. But in that time off lead, there is So a... does my aggressive dog. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. In that time off lead, there is an opportunity or a potential chance that they will bump into something with an only dog. Mm-hmm. Now, if I see them coming, as I've said, I'll call them back. Hey, guys, come here, sit still, clip them up, whichever. And or they've already got there. And I call them away, and they come back, and I clip them up and say, hey, sorry, mate, my dogs are having a run. Yeah. Now, what frustrates me sometimes is that person then gets on Facebook and says, oh, this dog ran up to my dog and got in their face. Tough. If your dog can't accept that they're going to get in your face, that's a risk that you're going to have to take if you take it outside. That's always going to be, that chance is always going to be there, oh, unless everybody keeps the dog on the lead. I feel so differently. <laughs> and I, I, I've been that guy. I've been that guy with that dog that's not dog friendly. And you've got to accept that dogs are going to appear out of nowhere because dogs run around and hunt and scurry about. And I always feel that, yeah, I hate the people that go, it's right, he's friendly. I've told you he's not friendly. If I see a dog coming, I'll always shout, excuse me, can you call your dog back? My dog don't like other dogs. My dog's nervous. Or if I'm with a client when, when I did more training, my, my dog don't like other dogs. Call your dog back. Keep it out of the way. If I'm with a client, I'll then circle a dog away and, and hopefully protect the client's dog. But I think when you've got that dog, it's like we used to say on the Midnight Walkers Club because you're all out at midnight walking your reactive dogs thinking, this is not very much fun, is it? Dog running is supposed to be fun. You, there's a chance you're going to bump into a, a dog that's off lead having a good time. Um, and if that owner calls that dog back, and not going away from him, and like you say, manages that dog, goes and picks it up, clips it on, whatever. You've got to accept that that's going to happen. That's going to happen. I think the people think who unless... get irate about that happening yeah. are unrealistic at best. And yes. sometimes, won't be daft. No, I do agree with that. So, so when it does happen, which it does happen, it's inevitably going to happen, and this is what I'm going to circle around to. When it does happen, you getting so frustrated that you get into a, a screaming match with that person is probably the biggest waste of everybody's time yeah. and everybody's emotional um, capacity that, that, than any other way that you could handle that. We, especially I, preach, you know, uh, positive training, training through showing them what you want them to do instead, blah, 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 is I find that there's very, very little to be gained from screaming at somebody who's going to let their dog run over. Your anger in that moment is not going to change that person's lifetime of that behaviour. But what can change that person's behaviour is you maybe saying, oh, well, this is what I use a long line for. Um, mm. to stop my dog from doing that or uh, that's why my dog's muzzled because I want to prevent that from happening or um, for example you showing off earlier with your downstay I've taught this so that that doesn't happen uh, you know various things like that so I don't think there's a lot to be gained from getting angry about it you can go home and be seething about it later but also so that last question at the whole question which was should you take your reactive or aggressive dog to these places Yes and no. Yes, you deserve to still go there. Your dog deserves to still get that freedom and get that exposure and get to go to the woods and get to go to the beach and get to go to these places with the expectation that you're not going to be harassed. But also, if they're so far from coping with that that they're going to have a horrible time, don't take them anyway. Yeah, you may be in the wrong place. That yeah. they can't, that they hate it. So, yeah. so yes, you do deserve to be there, but also 
why are you there? Are you there for you or for your dog? I remember as well that every time a dog does react and does make yeah. a little note in his internal notepad that goes, this is how I get rid of the dogs that run up. I kick off and yell and shout and scream at them. So you have to take your training back a step. You well. can expect you can expect to a to a point that sometimes this is going to happen because people like Ian are walking around. No, hey, I'm, I'm said, messy. I'm messy. I see them. I've been back, I've been walking you know. with you, and 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 I appreciate that you're That's not cool. that you're not that person. <laughs> For the record, Ian's dog's recall is impeccable. Impeccable. Like it's, to be fair, it is, and I don't know why. It's fab. I don't know it's why. Than mine. Hand on heart. Even yeah. the pups, both pups spin on a dime. But also, your and I dogs don't really aren't, know why. Your it, dogs it's just... aren't particularly bothered by other dogs either. So you're not really a risk to the to the people that we're my, talking about. Especially Ted. My dogs tend to play with each other. They scamper around yeah. together. They've seen other dogs and go, mm, meh, whatever. The reason I call um, Habit back every time, and I can't really say why. It's not not nothing I've specifically yeah. trained. But well, that's the reason I call Havi back every single time without fail. Is that I know that that is a risk for me. He will go approach. Mm. And not everybody wants that, and so I prevent that. And Just, I think, as a rule, if you don't have a good recall on your dog, they shouldn't be off the lead. Absolutely, at all. If your dog, if your dog don't recall, shouldn't be off, off the lead because if they recall the reason why point, the reason why I feel uncomfortable letting my dogs off lead is because I know that oh, Teddy here now, and he'll come scampering back. I hope that's I can, not your recall. Yeah. That works. Yeah, now. Anything that works. It'll come That's not your recall. I've seen it. <laughs> <You're> a... t- <laughs> yeah, you've got to be squeaky. And it'll come scampering back. that you tell him that point, I, I try to sound budge. Yeah. That, doesn't sound budge. You go, Teddy, get here. You've never and said that in your life. It'll come back and I can clip him up or whatever. If he didn't do that, he oh, won't yeah. get off lead privileges. Yeah. He'd be on a long line, he'd be on an extended lead, which I do use and everyone. God, my dog trainer people are now going to hate me even more because I can use a flexi lead. Jeez. Um, but it, that's a privilege he's earned by demonstrating over a period of time that his recall's good. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about people who've got a dog which has got a known history, reactive to other dogs, and they let them off lead? It depends on their recall. Well played. Oh. I'm going to give you an example. Go on. Absolute love of my life, Norman, the Doberman. The Doberman. Take Norman. Norman is a dog. Can I just add, I love Dobermans now that aren't docked and aren't ear cuts because they look so goofy. Norman's goofy. They look so goofy. Back in the days, they always look like butch. And nowadays, it's like Scooby-Doo's like skinny brother. (laughs) Really, really clumsy, all legs and no coordination. They're ace, aren't they? Norman's amazing. I've been working with Norman and his mum for years. Norman is dog reactive. Slash dog aggressive? Not really, but he'll bite. Um, but he's not he's not a major threat to the world. I take Norman out quite regularly for training walks and I am at a point where I will in certain areas I'll let Norman off lead. I'll let him run around off lead. His recall is fantastic. Yeah. He's great. Uh he's Definitely, definitely not permitted to greet other dogs. Uh, when I've got him, we don't practice it. He does greet other dogs that I have set up. So if we set it up and we, and we do it carefully, yeah, yeah. then he's allowed. A managed set up. And it's managed, but we don't do it with unknown dogs because normally that person's not around for long enough for me to get what I need out of yeah. it and get normally settled enough. And it's also a lot harder to predict the behaviour of an unknown dog. 
So Norman goes walking with Roxy occasionally now as well, and that's fine. He's met a couple of other uh, dogs that his mum has introduced him to. Uh, so he's not completely out of the question, not only able to socialise, but he does not, as a rule, we don't socialise him with unknown yes. dogs because he's uh, it, it's potentially dangerous. I've got history. Yeah, and he's got history of it. Yeah, he's been, you know, he's you know he's not had a good time with some. So um, that's the nicest possible way of saying it. Uh, but I let him off the lead. That might be controversial. I let but you've got off. a recall. His recall's great. And if he didn't have a recall, he'd be on line. He is on a line a lot of the time. Yeah. Occasionally, he's fully off lead. Most of the time, he's on a long line dropped. And sometimes, he's on a long line and he's attached to me. Just for the benefit of the, the tape, Your Honour, um, when we talk about a long line dropped, people who aren't trainers, potentially, might not know this, because I, I didn't know this back in the day. Yeah. But if you're doing a long line, any time not in the end of the long line, you can let go of it. Him. It's amazing. <laughs> and the dog, it's okay, sometimes he gets snagged on things and he does sometimes run through a poop, um, which is not too hygienic. But it does mean that you can get control of your dogs really easily. Because as your dog is running around and your recalls failed that day, you can just stand on the end of the line and after a bit, it pulls through your feet and pulls up to a knot and you can. Recovering, yeah. which is handy. Just thought I'd add that because people maybe don't know. So um, it does give you another opportunity. So when you've run out a thirty-foot long line and you think, oh, I think my recall's good. Another way to test it, but give you an element of safety. Yeah, perfect. Oh, so please. Norman, Norman is my example as my reactive dog that mm -hmm. I take very public places, uh, and sometimes <laughs> get annoyed that people let the dogs run over to us. Is he's off lead in big massive fields where I can see for miles and I know what his recall yeah. is like. Well, you can manage, you can plan. He's on a long line dropped on things like long footpaths, uh, big fields, but maybe there's gaps where I need to keep an eye, so it's a long line dropped. Yeah. He's uh, on a long line attached to me on paths where maybe I can't see what's coming around the corner, uh, things like that. Uh, and he's on short leads for obviously like narrow passings. So it's all very controlled. He, so so this is a scenario, so people do let their dogs run up to us. When I'm out with Norman, people let their dogs run over to us. I've got very, very good now at just kind of sticking my hand in the air. Hi, not friendly. And that's all I have to say. And most people hear that and go, oh, okay, and call their dog back, wonderful. Yeah. What a lovely, um, what a lovely interaction. It doesn't have to be, I can't believe I had to tell I that think, person not friendly. I think this is the problem. I've, I've been in dogs for quite a while now. I've, I've, I've met a lot of dog owners. How old are you again? Uh, not as old as you thought I was today, <laughs> Sam. Just again, for the benefit of the tape, Sam thought I was about 65 and was happy to believe it when I'm actually 53 <laughs> I next birthday. It. I just wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> fuming. Absolutely fuming. Sorry. No, what I was going to say was my version of being a responsible dog owner is hey, I've got a dog that bites dogs that get too close. Because they're reactive. Let Excuse me, know. mate. Can you call your dog back? My dog's not too friendly with other dogs. And my dog will be in control on a lead because I'm aware of their problems or issues. My view as a regular dog owner is my dog's running about having a good time in the woods. And I go, hey, mate, come back. Because I can see a dog coming up. And he's on a lead. And I put my dog on a lead. I put him in the downstay. And we make sure that that dog owner gets past safely. What really bugs me, what really, really gets my go is the people who get on Facebook and my them, do you know, something like a dog will run straight up to mine today, go, that's annoying. Because if you're walking your dog in woodland, in thick woodland, 
you, you can't help somebody else's dog, like my dog, run up, because my dog's off lead having a good time. But I will call him back. I won't let him interact with him. I will call him back. I'll get him under control. And the other thing that really gets my gears is the people who go, oh, my dog's friendly, because they've got no recall. There's nothing they can do about it. It's just hope yeah. to God that there's not a fight. They're the people that really, really annoy me. If you've got a reactive dog, it's your problem. I've had a reactive dog, but it's also it was my problem, and it wasn't my problem to expect everybody else in those woods to have their dog leashed up. But it is other people's responsibility to not be so selfish, absolutely, as to as to recognise that they must keep their dogs closely under control when passing someone, whether their dog looks friendly or not. So I I do also have a lot of clients with dogs that uh, are reactive, that are of breeds that you wouldn't expect to be. So things like Golden Retrievers, Bernese Mountain Dogs. Golden Retrievers are never angry, are they? Golden Retrievers are just happy, playful clowns. Sometimes they are. And then you see, like, do you remember that one we used to have in class? The goofy one. The goofy, like, powerful one that was like, really wants to train there's a lot like that and it's like where the hell did that come in a retriever but I think communication be friendly people we're all dog guys so if your dog's angry not not going to be just shout across I think most people are willing I'll clip my dog up if your dog is an idiot and has a recall be realistic get a recall keep on the line so, so communicate, for, communicate. For, don't fall out. Yeah. So, for yeah. purposes of sort of wrapping this up, can I just, can I just interject with a funny story? Go on. You know when I first got Ted. Yeah. Right. So my Ted, my search and rescue dog, um, he's a Kelly, a Kelly, a Collie Kelpie cross. Yep. And he was born on a dairy farm. They bought his dad to be a dairy farm herding dog. Excellent. And he was useless. <laughs> right. In the middle of all this dairy farm, cow poo everywhere. You imagine what a dairy farm was like, just, just poo everywhere. There were two little girls who were immaculately dressed in pink wellies, pink jumpsuits, pink everything, right? All they did all day was play with the puppies. So when my dog was little and I first got him, he loved little girls wearing pink. <laughs> this, this continued for about the first 12 months. Of his life. So when I'm trying to teach recall, and my dog's recall, awesome. Ted, come away from that other dog. Ted, come away from that animal. Ted, come away from that place. Yeah, Dad, I'm on it. I'm on it. Unless you saw a little girl. <laughs> so if you were in park and 400 yards away, there was a little girl wearing pink, looking proper girly. Not like a little roughly tufty girl. A little fragile, precious pink princess girl. Ted would go, Oh, I must play. And he would hair off to that person. I had several somewhat embarrassing encounters where my adolescent dog would go, I think it's my little pink friend from the farm, and go off to investigate. Um, Yeah, hence long lines. Did you long line him? Yeah, (laughs) for quite a long time. (laughs) Because you'd see little girls who just tried to bowl them over. It was so funny. Well, Roxanne's arrived. Good afternoon, darling. Can I just push that too? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he'd, he'd just see little girls and and run off to play. It was That's quite so, cute. It was so funny, and the little girls on the farm were just—they were so cool because everything else was just like dairy farm dirty, and they were just immaculate and pink. I think the parents must have had like fifty pairs of wellies each and just <laughs> recycled them continually, invalid to them. Um, but yeah, it, and that, that demonstrated to me, you know, there is sometimes that thing that just like really messes your recall. You think you've got it, and that thing really messes it up um but i think for me communication people you know don't be angry because somebody runs up to your dog if if there's an accident 
You know, if it was an accident, communicate with them. Excuse me, can you get my get your dog? We communicate. Be nice. Don't be angry and go on Facebook straight away and tell people how awful they were. Just go. It's a, it's a mistake, mate. Communication. Communication to a point. You are allowed to be upset and you are allowed to be annoyed. You are, but only if that person has not done a reasonable job of get the dog back or whatever. Oh, God, it's a friendly, it's okay. I think we're going to sit on and agree to disagree yeah. for a bit. No, you can't do that. I'm going to hammer it out. So we... to... I'm going to hammer it out so we're you agree with me. I'm going to hammer it out. I'm going to, sum... I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to summarise. If you have a reactive, nervous or aggressive dog, you are well within your rights to walk it wherever you want. Absolutely. You are well within your rights. However, be mindful that the risk of something happening is higher and you cannot legislate and you cannot control what everybody in the world does. So what I've found is to be the most effective way of dealing with that, and I've had very, very few incidents as a result of this is the way that I behave normally when I've got a dog like that, is just call ahead calmly. Uh, My dog's not friendly is normally sufficient. Uh, If you can't call ahead for whatever reason it's loud or they're quite far away or whatever's happening or you're trying to deal with your dog, then you can also ask for what you need using body language. So if you're walking down a path and you see someone coming and you stop, pause for a second or two and then actively turn around and walk off into the side, that's normally body language indicative enough for the person that you need space, in which case they'll sort. So if you, so some people don't feel confident shouting ahead and it's hard. You can just demonstrate this with your body language. But as you said the other week, whether you're confident or not, you've got to advocate for that dog. Yeah, but that they don't, don't, but I don't want you to. At some point go, I'm going to put aside my, my, oh, I don't really like shouting and think actually my little dog is going to be at risk of getting bitten or being bitten or biting or whatever. To a You've point, got to advocate for that dog. To a point, Ian, but I think that some people don't have that level of confidence yet, and that confidence will come with starting to play with different methods of advocating for their dog. And if advocating for your dog doesn't involve calling ahead, but it does involve you changing well, yeah. how you use your body language, yeah. you turn that's off, a better way. Yeah. Don't just keep walking forwards yeah. and get quieter and hope that it'll help. Yeah. Maybe change what direction you're walking in. It make it obvious to that person you don't want to interact. That's another option. Is all I'm saying. So again, if that dog keeps coming closer and you're starting to panic a little bit, again, easiest way is you can call ahead again or you can hold on to your dog. Prepare yourself. But don't feel bad about what's going to happen. Just prepare yourself. So I'm going to give an example with Norman. A call ahead. Hey, he's not friendly. And that person normally will go, oh, yeah, sorry, call the dog back. Sorted. I'll sometimes go, hey, not friendly. Mine is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the, <laughs> that pe- will happen that's the next. people where the problem lies. That's where the problem lies. But anyway, that yeah. will still happen. So I have to deal with this. So, hi, not friendly. They go, mine is. It's fine. And I go, no, no. You're, he's likely to get bitten if he comes over. Just really calmly, your dog's going to get... I don't want your dog to get hurt. Please call him back. You know, again, I'm not panicking yet. And I've found that the less I panic, the more relaxed Norm is as well. Yeah, it's always the case. Because you start reeling in that lead and you tighten the lead and lead. I reel it in, but dog, quietly, yeah. The dog looks at you and goes, Oh, it's oh, happening, yeah. Crap, something's going to kick off. Yeah. yeah. So again, no, I'm sorry, he's going to get bit if he comes and says hi. You go... Oh, okay. And then they start going, you know, Rover. And Rover's not listening at this point. At that stage, we hold on to one hand on harness, one part of my hand on the harness, one on the collar, hold on tight, put myself in between and body block 
And that's kind of where I'm at. Do you ever throw treats for your dog? I've no. I've done that. I don't like that because I didn't like Norman it first. normally goes for... <laughs> <laughs> Norman's now moving up trees. I'm using Norman as an yeah. example, so he's in my head. I've done that before. I, I used to feel... Uh, to be honest, we're talking about, you know, sort of confidence. I used to feel kind of, well, if, oh, if people don't like me feeding their dog, screw their dog. Screw their likes. If that dog's about to come and get bitten by my dog because yeah. my dog's angry because he don't like other dogs and he's scared of other dogs and what have you, you know, I don't care whether it gives their dogs a trot that night or what. Well, their dog's having a handful of food. My first approach, if it gets so close, it's going to be fight or or break time. It's an option. Handful of food out of the tree bag, toss it into the woods. Off you go, sunshine. I mean, it's a legit option. Because think... things, it's a Labrador. Yeah. So on the on the flip side of that, if your dog's perfectly friendly, sociable, never had an incident in their life. Uh, really, really playful, great. That's really lovely. Uh, even then, I, I'm not really an advocate for greeting every single unknown dog. So whether that dog is also friendly or not, I would encourage everybody, like maybe this week or in the next couple of weeks, is to have a go at, for a week only, try not greeting any unknown dogs at all. Yeah. And recognise if it's easy for your dog to do it or not, because so it's just, fine. To, just to tell us, we've come out of rant mode now, yeah. we're now into training mode. Yeah. Try this. Try this. It's really, yeah. it's, it's harder than you think. Yeah. If your dog's used to kind of walking past and greeting every dog they ever meet, should you come across that person who's labelled up, you know, give me space, I need space, nervous, all the rest of the, those labels, which are fantastic, by the way, giving you a heads up, is if your dog's not able to practice passing calm dogs, how hard are they going to find it passing a dog that's eyeballing them? Yeah. Um, so practice it. Train, put it into your training routine because at this stage, teaching your dog to pass unknown dogs without interacting is not going to make them less social. Which is a little bit like we said about puppy school way, way back in episode whatever. Yeah. Normalize. Normalize dogs being around where you don't socialize. play with them all the time. Normalize. They can walk past the dog and go, Hey, Dad, there's a dog. And you go, yes, there is. Yeah. And that's it. It's great. If they've not got a great recall, long lines are great. If you can factor it in, take your dog somewhere that's quite busy and practice just passing without greeting. Uh, if, if an accidental greeting happens, who cares? Because your dog's friendly. Um, and they're only, you know, if another dog runs over to you, it doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. But see how much you can practice. There's a dog there. Look at me instead. There's a dog there. Look at me instead. There's a dog there. Look at me instead. Yeah. Uh, and just... and. As long as you've practiced it, you're going to make life so much easier for everybody around you. You can still let your dog play whenever you want them to play, as long as the other person's on board. I very regularly will get have it back on lead. Is it okay for them to say hi? And the person more than off, more often than not says yes, in which case he goes straight back off lead. Yeah. And he gets to go say hi, unless I'm practicing passing, in which case I don't even ask. Yeah. I just keep... Training mode continues. Training mode continues. Yeah. It's not as simple as they're friendly or they're not. Yeah. There's a big, massive, wide spectrum. I think what you've said there, though, that, that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Your dog does not need to be a real dog's best mate. Like we said back about puppy classes, normalise it. Yeah. It's another dog. Don't matter. It's don't really matter. helpful another as dog. well for people that, that are working through training. Mm. Uh, don't be that person that lets your dog run over to uh, no. the reactive dogs. And be aware that just because someone's got a dog that struggles with social skills doesn't mean that they're not deserving of fun walks or sniffy walks or woodland walks or beach walks. Those dogs are still allowed to be there and it's our responsibility to control who our dogs socialise with, not just hope that... Not just inflict your annoying dog on everybody. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't be that person. You haven't got to accept, though, if you've got a yellow tag dog, 
and someone else runs up and they call the dog back and maintain control and all that kind of stuff. It's not about getting angry. It's not about getting angry. It probably weren't intended. Probably you're allowed to be a bit angry then. No, you're not. No, you chill out. <laughs> chill out. One, uh, We're going to leave it on agree to disagree. One, one, one last thing, right? So, talking about dogs, socialising the dogs. So, I'm working in Liverpool with my bomb dog, right? And yeah. my bomb dog quite, quite often gets mistaken for a drug dog. Yeah. Because I don't have bomb dog badges all over it. Because I was thinking bomb dog badges make it look a bit like people are going to die. And it's just a search dog on my dog's harness. And there's a guy walking the other way. Um, I'm guessing a local because he had a Liverpool accent. And he's got a big old bully. And I think I got Crash at the time, who's always friendly. She's friendly with everybody. She don't care. And his dog pulled... <laughs> Pulled to come and play with my dog and say hello. I didn't mind because we weren't actually on shift at that point. We were walking back to the car park. And this guy went, don't talk to that dog. He's a grass. <laughs> and yanked his dog away and walked off. I was like, my dog's not a grass, he's a dog. Whether he's a bomb dog or a drug dog or not. He clearly thought it was a drug dog. And he clearly enjoyed... Your dog's a grass. Enjoyed the use of drugs, I'm guessing. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't have thought it was a grass. And don't talk to that dog. There's a grass and, and hold his dog away. And his dog looked quite upset. I think he wanted, wanted to say that. But it made me laugh. That's one way of practising. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, um, be respectful of people with dogs, other people with dogs. Be respectful if they've got dogs on lead. Be respectful if yours arrive and you spot them and think, get them back there. Don't let your dogs off lead if you've not got a good recall or maintain some management system with long lines and stuff if you've not. I, do you reckon? I think we can agree. I think we can agree on be respectful. Yeah. Our interpretations of what that means are yeah. slightly different, but, well, be res- I mean, but be respectful. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So that's African Chaos Podcast finished for another week. Um, usual kind of footnotes. I'm available on Ian at caninesolution.com. And you're available on? Fetchclubinfo at gmail.com. At gmail.com. You can get in touch with me on there yeah, if you want to talk to me more about your reactive dog and other yeah. people's bad behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you bumped into Ian recently? <laughs> with my dogs under perfect control with an excellent recall. Um, or get onto Havoc and Chaos on Instagram or, or Facebook. Or Facebook. Drop us a message. Uh, yeah. Speak to you in two weeks. And we're out. We're done. We are out. <laughs>